Hey everyone, welcome to the top 1% globally ranked podcast, Decoding Success, for a very special episode. We have officially hit the milestone of 300 episodes. There is no place I would rather be doing this than in the studio with my brothers, Phil and Andrew. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show, guys. Oof, amazing to be here. I'm excited for this. 300. Congratulations, buddy. 300 episodes, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it. It just feels like a day-to-day type of thing you know like it's just a part of life at this point when you do it for so long it's just like you don't even really think of it you know it's just 300 2018 right you started december 4th of 2018 is when we started and uh yeah to think that it's at 300 episodes like i said it's really just the day-to-day thing like it just has become such a part of life that i don't want to say this doesn't feel special because it does like i'm excited to be here with you guys like i was driving over here and i'm like i need to get there i need to get there i need to get there uh it's definitely exciting but at the same time it just feels like it's a it's almost a part of it but i'm i'm stoked to invite you guys into this celebration because you guys have been a monumental part of it and uh, that's why i reached out i'm like hey guys last minute i know douchebag move but uh any chance you guys are available next week you know like i wanted to do it with you guys that's yeah, awesome. thank you for having us of course of thank course you for having us, man. it's yeah. natural to you like the evolution over the last five years, think about it. Yeah. Think about how crazy that is. Think about what's been taking place in these last five years. All the guests, 100%. all the growth, all the evolution. We met each other. Yeah. A pandemic. Right. A lot. A lot a has cl- happened. Clubhouse app. Can't forget that. It's a lot. A, it's lot. a lot, man. It's crazy. I was thinking about it today. I said, Matt, like I was shower thought. I was like, what is the number one thing you learned over the course of those five years and those 300 episodes? Talk to a lot of people. The number one thing I said that I walked away from was something that was actually said by every single guest that was on the show. And it's to respect the perspective. Mm. Meaning, mm. the way Drew has lived his life, the way Ann has lived his life, the way that Phil's lived his life, the way that Josh, the producer, has lived his life, the way that I've lived my life. Like, we all differ. Everyone that's been on this show has brought in a unique perspective. I can't necessarily say that I accept everyone's perspective. I align with everyone's perspective, but you have to respect it. I think that's a lot of what the world lacks. But I said to myself, dude, like I've had people come on this show and I'm like, I don't align with that. But at the end of the day, I respect it because it's their life, you know? And you found common ground. I don't know if I found common ground, dude. I, I just think maybe the common ground is the respect. Right. Right. Like, you just have to realize that you and I could be walking down the street today, see a pit bull, I run away and you run mm-hmm. to that pit bull. Right. And that comes down to the fact that you have an experience in your life that is enjoyable toward that pit bull or that dog, period. Me, on the other hand, I dislike dogs, which is not true, but I dislike <laughs> dogs or dislike pit bulls, which is why I ran away. And when you're able to respect that perspective or the experience of that other person. I was like, dude, 300 conversations? You have to start building some level of respect, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, That was a shower thought. It was a weird one, a powerful one maybe, but I think that's the biggest takeaway. I think you have to respect the fact that people are even coming on to the show to Mm. even share about pit bulls in the first place. Like, someone could just say, no, it's not worth my time, and I don't want to do it. These people want to give in some way mm. and they're just totally open about it and what has everybody learned from the course of these conversations not just you 
but the audience, you know, us, learn from each other, our own conversations internally. Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think of that. Yeah. You know, what about this? What about that? And opens you up. Yeah, I think this has been like the biggest cheat code to life for me. <laughs> Was like starting this podcast, having zero clue of where it could go, where it would go. Like, dude, I just started this because I quit my job with Damon. Right. Like, I did not start this for any other reason than <laughs> yeah. I had nothing to do. Like, no other job lined up, no other source of income lined up. And, um, yeah, man, to think that it it got us here, sitting in the studio right now, filming 300 is fucking wild, you know? Yeah, it's just like you're orchestrating a master class every single time, right? You're mm-hmm. kind of getting the answers, and as we've seen and heard many times, you ask a lot of questions that guests have not been accustomed to hearing before in the past mm. so you're guiding that conversation and uh, so i think that's why the audience is so tuned in and why you're at episode 300 because you're not asking the cookie cutter questions you're not asking the generic you know everyday questions but you're getting them to think too which is something that i, I really respect about your hosting skills in the show is that you really get people to take pause a lot of times and reflect and be like i'm not used to answering that question can you give me a few seconds yeah and you see people really open up and show a different side of themselves on the show yeah man i think that's why i always stand by the fact like i won't ever invite someone onto the show that i don't have a genuine interest in talking to mm. listen i just reached out to hulk hogan i grew <laughs> up watching hulk hogan. Nice. you know maybe the audience doesn't necessarily you know resonate with hulk hogan but like i'm genuinely interested in talking to him or whomever else you know like i have to have that genuine interest because if you don't, it's it's like a forced conversation, you know, like you don't want to be in a like on a forced date. Like if you're on a date that sucks, you want to leave. That's what a podcast is to an extent. It's like a date. Yeah, and it's yeah. the same thing for the audience. And that's why you've been so successful because it comes off as genuine. Mm-hmm. And we can tell these are people that you genuinely want to talk to. Yeah. Like you're genuinely fascinated by this conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I think for for all of us here, too, like, dude, 300 is huge. Um what was that? I was thinking about it today. Two years ago? 200? Two years ago. September. Yeah, I think we did that event September 2021 or something. Yeah, it was a huge party. Yeah. yeah. Should, what happened to 300? We couldn't get <laughs> that. That was a fun party. I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It has to be, it has to be uh, after the holidays. You know, it's just like, it had to either be like right now. Yeah. Early November when we, November 1st, when we're recording this episode or... I mean, you can't do it a week before Thanksgiving, you know, like, no, it's a weird time. It's a weird time. I feel like, you know, but you're thinking about doing it. I want to, man. I want to. I just I'm not going to lie. I felt a little overwhelmed, um, you know, just in October, you know, a lot going on like every weekend, dude. You know, you have a wedding, Mm -hmm. you have an engagement party, you have a bachelor party, you have this, you have that. So I felt a little overwhelmed. And I'm going to be honest, I just didn't want to add anything else to my plate. But I want to do it because there's nothing more that I love seeing than just like people connecting with one another, whether they listen to the podcast or not. There, there were people at that party that never listened to the podcast. Yeah. You know, like probably my sister. I, I don't know. Like <laughs> someone there did not listen to the podcast. But just being able to see people in the room, you know, having a good time. Dude, I don't even know. There were people at this freaking party that were doing like face paintings. I didn't hire anyone to do face paintings. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I have pictures with like. It was a fun group. The, yeah. the women had like gems on their face. I'm like, what is happening here? But yo, well, let's roll with it. Um, maybe in the new year. It, it's something I want to do, whether it celebrates 300 or five years or whatever it is. Or maybe it's just a get together, an in-person live podcast, something. I don't know. 
Um, we'll figure it out, you know, but it's something I want to do. A live viewing, a live podcast. I want to do it, dope. man. I want to do it. Listen, the, regardless oh, of hitting 300 episodes and five years of podcasting, I'll keep it real with you guys. Like there is a fear of me interviewing people in person. Like that is a hurdle that I have. To, yeah, dude, that's, I'm keeping it real. Wow. That is a fear for sure. That's something that I have to get over. Um, obviously it starts with taking the step, but that is without a doubt a fear. So thinking about doing a live podcast like in front of a group scares me even more <laughs> but um yeah man that that's something that has to happen you know eventually without a doubt that that's part of the game plan for are, sure are you scared of being interviewed yourself ever in person how many no. times have the tables been turned on you i've definitely been on a lot of podcasts but 90 percent of them have been virtual right dude okay. doing things virtually this was said by Lori gottlieb on on the show uh don't quote me on the episode number i wish i was that good to give it to you but <laughs> she said to me she goes matt doing therapy online is like having sex with a condom on <laughs> and i said okay i do therapy online like telehealth mm -hmm. i happen to like it so i guess i like sex with a condom on <laughs> but then i thought about it even further and i said to myself so is podcasting virtually it's having sex with a condom on you're behind a screen you're safe right and i know that there is an added level of vulnerability when you do it in person and i don't know if personally i am facing some imposter syndrome deep down that's like bubbling its way up or something of the sort but the fear is there i know the fear is there because i've definitely had opportunities to do pods in person where i'm interviewing people for this show and I've shied away from that because I've, I choose what's easy, you know? So, dude, yeah, we're here doing 300 in person, but there's still things to be worked on. You know what I'm saying? So, and you'll get there. I yeah, know you will. 100%, yeah. dude. Yeah. 100%, man. This is just the beginning. It's crazy to even think that. No, this and that's how you should think. And I think that's how we all think. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, no matter how successful you're going to be with this, I think our brains are wired in a way where we're kind of thinking where we can take it even further. Mm. Mm. Um, and I'm sure in your head, you're looking at 300 and you're like, wow, like I wonder what the fuck's going to be for episode 1000. And I wonder what's going to be 1, for... It's crazy. Yeah. So what, what would that, right? Three years to get, no, five years to get to 300? Yeah. I mean, I, I've gone through like different cadences of like when we were releasing episodes. You know, when I first started, it was like two a week where I was doing like a solo episode as well. But then I said, you know what? I don't even care for the solo episodes. I still dabble with the idea. Like when I do have something on my mind that I want to share, I still dabble with the idea of like wanting to put out a solo episode, but I just haven't. Um, then I was doing three interviews per week. And I was like, you know what? What? It goes back to what we talked about on the last roundtable. Like in those seasons, I was okay with doing that. Right now, like I am so content with one episode a week. Mm. Like doing three just seems strenuous, you know? So it depends. I don't know when we'll hit a thousand. Um, we'll see what happens. Do you ever go back and look at older episodes and be like, damn, mm -hmm. I've come a long way? You know what's funny, bro? For some reason, when I'm in the car driving and you have, you know, car play on, I don't know why some of the first episodes <laughs> are stored in my music library. Yeah. So I'll be driving and it just happened the other day. The first ever intro to the podcast came on the music. I was like, yo, I got to turn this off right yeah. now. <laughs> you know, um, I think when you look back and you can cringe at yourself for what you put out X amount of years ago, 
it goes to show you how much you've grown. If you're not embarrassed, right? If you're not embarrassed, you know, it's like, that's what it is. Did you really grow? And when I look back on the early episodes of the pod, dude, sometimes I'm like, what were you asking, bro? You know, but it's like, that's where I was at that point. You know, you, you can't necessarily critique the younger version of you, but being the current version of you, the present version of you, it's very easy to be like, yo, not great, bro. But that's a sign of growth, in my opinion. Absolutely. And you'll think the same thing in another 300 episodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to look back at this one and <laughs> exactly. be like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's true. It's, it's not a matter you know, of if, it's just one. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen. It, and you have to eventually jump in the pond, right? We always talk yeah. about that. Yeah. So you're meant to have those scary moments. Mm. Right. And like those moments where you don't know what the hell you're doing, but you eventually learn how to swim. Yeah. Right. Like, and you, you can look back at those moments as, like you said, they're cringeworthy, but they're also necessary. Yeah. You know, because without those cringy moments, you wouldn't be at 300. Yeah. Right. You know, is it, is it E-Myth that says if you are not embarrassed of what you first uh, put out um, product wise or podcast wise, you've launched too late. Because I think everyone strives for perfection, and there is that that's unachievable, right? Yeah. So yeah. everyone's like, ah, you know, it's not perfect yet. I think that's typically an excuse to put off doing something. Mm. So naturally, in the beginning, you're still finding your footing, and it's going to take you. I mean, you tell us how many episodes until you really feel like you found your stride. Dude, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I've found my stride until the summer of 2020. So that took two mm-hmm. years for me to like really feel like I was doing good. You know, that's when I really felt like I started. And hey, I'll be honest. I think that started to happen because I was receiving more external feedback, Mm -hmm. which you could claim to be validation to an extent where people started to really resonate with the conversations. It wasn't that people weren't resonating with them in the beginning, but I just feel like in 2020, the conversations began to get deeper because I started to get deeper with myself. Like June of 2020 is when I started therapy. August of 2020, if I remember correctly, is when I feel like I was starting to have really deep conversations or deep for 2020. Mm-hmm. Now it's a totally different, but we're three years beyond that. So it's a totally different ballgame. But dude, 200 right. episodes to answer your question in short. And you know what or I remember? Two years, I should say. I remember too, like the first year or two with you were doing this and you were in it. But it was still kind of like an external identity. Mm. And then when you made it an internal identity, like you wrapped this in what you do, like personal page, everything like that. Like then then you see like that's when the love went Great into point. it. There was a really you just reminded me, bro. I didn't even remember that. There was a such a large period of time where I didn't even promote the podcast on my personal page. I don't know why. Like I, I looking back, like I have no mm. clue why I was not doing that like i created a totally different instagram account now which i don't even really use like if i ever have interns i let them use that to like learn whatever but you just reminded me of that dude like i i don't know there was a part of me that just didn't i don't know align with it or or whatever it was i I guess i was scared i don't know maybe i just didn't want people to see and you know i'm just talking out loud but maybe i just didn't want people people to see me in beginner mode right like it's respectable yeah I i mean we all feel that at some point. Yeah. I also think you had different buckets going on, you know, speaking, business, yeah. this, that. And it's kind of like, okay, maybe I don't want to put all these buckets on my page. I think we had some conversations because then it's like, you know, you don't want to confuse people. But then you you just naturally gravitated into the bucket that you feel the best about. Yeah. So like, you know, speaking, okay, speaking, podcast, business, podcast. And then you're like, 
I'm okay. Podcast, yeah. like, I'm in this. I'm in this totally. And then this is just who you are. Yeah, man. You just brought me back. Did uh, did things change for you once you went all in? So, for example, you had a bunch of buckets. Yeah. Right? Speaking, whatever else you had working on, right? Maybe. But did things change for you once you're, like, fully committed? I think I began to love it more, you know? And I, I yeah. think you love something more because you're good at it, too. Well, that's what I was going to say. Did that align with you realizing, yeah. like, I'm hitting my stride now a little bit? A hundred percent. You know, I, I think things started to fall off, like, I think that's pretty natural for anyone. Like friends fall off, whoever, you know, things around us will fall off. And I realized that the speaking stuff was cool. I like doing it. But bro, when you don't have a team and then you get stuck in fucking Fargo, North Dakota, and you're stressing <laughs> about having to get on the stage, having to get your flight organized, having to do this, having, dude, it's just like, yo, I'm good. That's in the future. See, it's crazy that you're afraid of doing these in person. But how many years ago was that? You were speaking in North Dakota to a room full of people? Yeah, man. I, I spoke all over the country. That's crazy, yeah. right? To think about? Yeah. So what is it about the podcasting in person? I'm not sure, dude. I'm not sure. That's so I'm not sure. I think because it's a more intimate conversation. It's one-on-one. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it yeah. doesn't have to be one-on-one, -on -one, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's something that has to be worked out for sure, but um, that's a good point too, dude. I mean, I, I we've spoken Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. I've there were, I, bro, I was, when the fuck would we ever go to Jackson, Mississippi? Nothing against Jackson, Mississippi. The, the catfish was great. I don't know if you ever had the catfish. First time we had it. Catfish was great, bro. Catfish was great. It was. But, um, yeah. I Imagining mean, Philly and catfish. I'm he, just picturing oh, bro, it like Parmesan's with spaghetti. Yeah, we had a great time, bro. We had a great time. I'm but sure. To, to, get, to speak to your point, you know what I think it is? I think when, when I didn't do as near as many speaking engagements as you did, but when we did... We kind of had an idea what we were speaking on mm. or about. Mm. So it's like you have you have a certain idea. It's basically like coming to a podcast with an array of topics mm. and you're good to go. You know, um, when you're doing a podcast live, it's like anything comes up. You don't know the questions and you like this is, this is the facts. You just want to make sure you do an excellent job. You want to yeah. live up to what you think you're capable of or what you know you're capable of. So it's like. I think part of it is that that yeah. was no safety yeah. net of, of oh, I'm sorry oh no no worries there's no safety net of like editing and posting and mm. if, if you take a long time to answer a question you know you typically narrow that down in post yeah and you're live on the spot so I understand the subtle differences there but <clears throat> you said earlier about in the beginning you know you're just like hey I didn't want to see I didn't want people to see me in beginner mode mm. uh, that's like we talked about earlier every time we do a show I always get things I'm like oh I love like, I always take something from that. I, I love that. And I think most people are unwilling to suck at something. Yeah. Because it's embarrassing, right? Like, I think so many people have, like, stopped short on, like, really their their dream lives because they didn't want that period of however long of just being embarrassed about feeling like they suck or they're not ready or, like, I'm making an ass of myself. So they just never take that leap. So, um, you know, posting a video and only getting, you know, 12 likes right like hey check out my podcast ah oh, no one's clicking no one's listening like yeah. most people don't get past that yeah you know when did you feel like for you um people started to take notice i'm not sure man that's a good question i know that bro i came out of the gate in 2018 so egotistically <laughs> like i really did i said to myself you know i'm coming off a job working with damon i was there four years like I felt like I was coming off a high and then coming to a blank slate and I felt like it had to be a certain level for it to be public. Otherwise, I would be looked at a certain type of way. 
So I said to myself, okay, I'm going to do everything in my power to get large guests on the show. I thought that would have been validating publicly. Mm. And it's not to say that I didn't want to have conversations with those people like David Meltzer, um, you know, whoever I could get at the time, you know, whoever it was. Um, so, yeah, man, I don't I really I don't know. I think when I started to fade the ego and just go to what I wanted to do personally, I think that's when things really started to change. Um, and I, I I guess by that point, I wasn't necessarily a beginner anymore, you know, so I think just over the course of time that I guess mindset faded or or whatever you want to refer to it as. But um, there was definitely a fear of letting people see me starting with the fresh, you know, uh, a clean slate and there'd be nothing there, no trophies behind me or anything, you know, uh, that was for sure a fucking fear without a doubt. I think a lot of people experience that, like you said, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you you came from you came from seeing how the master. Can I just unquote, cut you, bro? This is not supposed to be a fucking interview. Oh no, me. this is, this is supposed be, to be a fucking conversation. No, bro. I mean, we're definitely well, interviewing. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's 300. I, I, all my notes here are questions to you. About. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to cut no, you off, but I'm sitting here. I'm like, yo, we're we gonna fucking talk. You, about I mean, it's something to talk opposite. about. Do you want a drink to celebrate? Bro, I don't know. How no? big of a drink? I'll take a. I'll what the lips. All right. I'll wet the lips. Well, I know Anson. I'll wet the lips. We'll do it. It's 300. You mentioned earlier wanting to get Hulk Hogan on the show, which would be just phenomenal. But I will tell you this. I dressed as Macho Man Randy Savage for Halloween. (laughs) You'd be surprised how few people knew who I was. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was like. I'm going to be honest. What threw me off was the Slim Jim. That threw you off. That threw me that off. told me who he was. No, no. When I me. saw the Slim Jim, I was like Macho Man. Yeah, See, no, you that know what threw me off. And I are bro. the same age. That's what it is. Okay, so we remember the commercials of snapping to his Slim Jim. Mm. Eat me. Yep. That was the commercial. <laughs> to me, he wasn't on those commercials. Was yeah, there no, someone I was after? Macho Man. That was Macho Man, and like that's he's like synonymous with Slim Jims. Yeah. I would say. Uh-huh. There was someone after him on those commercials, no? Whoever it was didn't fill the shoes of Macho Man. <laughs> I gotta say, that's like you think you think Slim Jims, you think Macho Man. They uh-huh. go kind of hand in hand. Who's the uh, the mascot of? Uh, maybe this is a terrible example of Mr. T's carding. <laughs> Mr. T's who? Carding. I have no the, idea what you're talking about. I don't know who this either. Do you know who I'm talking? No, about? No, but um, <laughs> I'm actually glad that oh, I'm glad that you brought this conversation back around because I was going to ask you before to do your best impression of Hulk Hogan. Hey, brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to clip nice. that. I'll clip it. Me. Phil, Phil's getting wrecked today. Yeah. Oh, boys. And cheers. A little more than salud, 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 salud. Thank you. Thank yabas. you for being a part of it, salud. boys. For real. I, I really salud, mean that. Um, no, for real. Like I, I genuinely mean that. Like These in person are so fun for me. Hold on. Let me take a sip. Otherwise, mm-hmm. that's disrespectful. That's one in the That's beak. Right there. That's good, right? Um, ooh, so smooth. That is nice. Mm. I haven't had liquor in tonight. years. Mm. But no, I I really do mean it. Like I, I really appreciate you guys being a part of these. Um, I have so much fun doing these in person with you guys. And just think about how those started, right? Like we've done them in Drew's apartment. We've done them in WeWork. We've done them with no cameras. We've done them with three cameras. <laughs> we've done them with one microphone. We've done them with four microphones. We you had know, an intern with us one time. That? I Phil. wasn't there for that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, we, we have. We have. No, no, this is like no, years no, ago. That, that, was, no, dude, that was 2019. Like, I that, yeah. Yeah. that was, was 2019. I was late yeah. to the party. That was yeah. 2019, bro. It's a long time ago. But um, these have developed so much. And it's honestly one of my favorite aspects of the podcast. Like, 
just getting together with you guys. And I've said this on the last podcast. Like, I not only have a cheat code with having a podcast, but I have a cheat code with having friends that have experienced more life than I have. Like, each of you guys have experienced more life just by being a little bit older than me. You all have unique businesses or ventures or things that you've done. And I'm really grateful for that to, like, be able to share this space with you guys. So, you know, thank you and cheers to you guys for being a part of it. Um, I think we got to wet the beak again after that. Yeah. You got to wet the hey, beak hey. again? Got to wet the beak. I think Phil's just trying to get her off. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, a lot of, I mean, for me, it was, it started with you guys at Clubhouse. Yeah. And you know what I had in my notes here? It was a question I was going to ask you. What's that? So when you were hosting the Clubhouse, do you remember? When I peed in the when toilet. You, you left your microphone off <laughs> while you, you were peeing and you were hosting yeah. the Clubhouse? I do remember. <laughs> Yo, I would get bombed. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was the pandemic, right? I mean, yeah, that's just what that we, was prime pandem- pandemic. Yeah, like we Clubhouse were home. was all pandemic. We were home. I think most hosts were drunk off a bottle of wine. Yeah, at that point. We had nowhere to go. Yeah. Dude, I w- I think I was. I wish I had wine on tap. I think I was good for five bottles a week. Yeah. I'm yeah. not proud of that, by the way. Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. proud of it. That's just what the I, pandemic. I think a was. lot of people were in that spot, though. I don't think it was just you during that. It time. was boredom, bro. We would play Monopoly together and get wrecked. Yeah, yeah. We did. I'm ordering yeah. like diner food at 3 a.m. wrecked out of my mind <laughs> on like a Wednesday night. Uh, you know, but yes, to answer your question, I do remember doing that. Well, my next question was going to be: Have you ever have you had an embarrassing moment from the 300 episodes? Anything like that? Hmm. Not. Us literally hearing the flush in the toilet (laughs) (laughs) with something anywhere close to it. With the podcast, I haven't, dude. I mean, there's moments that I catch like when I'm like reviewing a piece of content or something where I'm like, dude, like that word does not go there. Like you you do not make any sense. You know, I fumble over my words when I'm in. And I think that's another reason it goes back to like doing the whole in-person thing. Bro, I'm even nervous doing them sometimes online yeah you know and i say um i say like so i'm a little self-conscious of that stuff and there are definitely moments where i'll be editing a piece of content and it's like 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 that to me is embarrassing you know but right nothing like flushing a toilet while uh do you watch every do you listen to every episode uh, before it goes live, yeah. So the ed- editing part, I guess. The editing right? part, yeah. Like, I'll send over edits to the team, and, um, you know, maybe they'll they'll do something that I'm not a fan of or whatever the case is. But generally, before it goes live, I uh, I check it out. Mm. But um, that's, you know, a time-consuming task. It's minimum one hour, you know? Like, sure? uh, yeah. And then if you have critiques, 10 minutes per critique or whatever the case may be, it definitely adds up. But, um, yeah. So you've never gone to the bathroom in the middle of a podcast? I have never gone to the bathroom in the middle of a pod. I needed to ask that question. I've definitely had to go to the bathroom (laughs) in the middle of a pod. Have you cut an an episode short because you had to go to the bathroom so bad? No, I've never done that. But there have been times where I'm just like... Rogan does it all the time, though. Well, I mean, they're also three and a half hours. Yeah, Yeah, they're super long. They're four hours. I'm like, like, yeah. It might happen on this episode. By the way, I... Social uh, social media advertisements. On the way here, I got an Instagram ad for a. It was a portable urinal, for the car, for the car, and for your bed. And I was like, "Why no. are they 
sending this to me. <laughs> like, what algorithm did I hit? They're like, this guy pees a lot. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened there, but I was like, wow, that's fucking something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. For the bed is crazy. For the car, yeah. not so much. I mean, literally just a week ago, I pulled over on the highway as I was going to JFK to pick up Madeline and uh, pulled over. Luckily, I had a coffee cup in the back of the car just, like, laying on the floor. I'm like, I'm peeing in this cup, bro. Disposable or uh, disposable? Okay. Disposable. Because I've had the debate before where I'm like, damn, I got to go so bad. I'm about to never use this. You're about to throw this Yeti this away. Yeti right away, right man. <laughs> Yeti, oh, yeah, man. I'm like, I've literally been at the point sometimes where I'm like, damn, I'm getting close. Like, yeah. No, you need a Gatorade bottle. Yeah, Gatorade That's bottle the... is perfect. Yeah, Gatorade bottle is perfect. The Snapple bottles were good, too. I remember. <laughs> wow. I've been a lot of traffic You're experienced, bro. Yeah, man, a lot of traffic in my life. A lot of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. Um, so you were saying with the ums and the likes and all that, uh, I know you want to get you know keep improving and up your game all the time, and you're going to be critical when you listen to yourself. Sure, but don't you also think that humanizes the interview? I never cut them out. Yeah, I, I never cut them out. Yeah, no, no, no. I I think it is important to put them in there, but when you are chatterboxing it like 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 like, like that, bro, <laughs> I doubt it's that bad. By the way. If I'm on a little bit of a tangent going like back and forth in the heat of the moment with a guest and I'm trying to convey my point, it's like every other couple words. What's that uh, famous Matt term? Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? Yeah. He said, that's like one of You're his right. go-tos. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was, it was. You're right. It was, it was. Right. But, um, I like that. I like that. Yeah, like you're right. That. It's that exact face. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You see, like, his wheel turning. Too. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I leave them in. I mean, I keep it as human as possible, but it's definitely something that I'm aware of when I'm going through that process, you know? Right. But um, I'm going to piggyback off uh, Drew's question you earlier. He asked about what was your most embarrassing moment, and I guess maybe it was the clubhouse incident. <laughs> that was embarrassing, bro. I thought it was hilarious. I no, thought we it was, were we were, I was side texting. Yeah, yeah. Like, is this guy really, does he know that? It's, I think you even called him out on it. Yeah, I did. Someone <laughs> called me out. I know it's someone like, was I like, comfortable enough to do it. Yeah. That was me. I was supposed to pee, bro. <laughs> so if, what was on your show your highest point with a guest and maybe your lowest point as opposed to maybe an embarrassing time? Yeah, I think the highest point I mean, listen, there, it would be more of a Mount Rushmore than one particular moment. But I think, number one, hosting my grandfather was a huge, huge thing. Like, that came from ideas from you. And I know that you, like, recorded a conversation or something of that sort with your grandfather. And granted, I don't have that on video. I do have that audio, which will last forever. Mm. You know, I think that is definitely one of the high moments where, I mean, hey, he, like, he cried. You know, like... He had a conversation. He was 90 years old. And granted, he's knock on wood. He's 92 now. But, um, you know, just having that conversation, I think, was really, really impactful because I was able to learn about his life. I mean, we're recording in Park Slope. He's born and raised in Park Slope. Very different time back then. You know, like just being able to learn about his life was was really cool. Um, doing these like, dude, I love doing these. I, I, I'm not saying that because you guys are here. Like, I really love doing these. This is on my Mount Rushmore of, you know, the great moments for sure. Um, and then, you know, going back to how podcasting the cheat code, bro. I had so many conversations with people that I wouldn't be able to talk to unless I had this show. You know, whether it be Grant Cardone or Patrick Bet David two times, Mel Robbins. Dude, I have people hit me up to have Mel Robbins on their show. And they have much larger podcasts than I do. They're like, how did you get her? I don't know the answer to that question, but like, 
I had that conversation, you know, whether it's my only conversation ever with her or not, bro, like those moments are cool as fuck because I learned from people that I wouldn't be able to granted. Sure. You could pick up their book, but the book isn't personalized to you, you know, regardless of the topic of that book, it's not personalized. So those will probably be like the Mount Rushmore's. I think, you know, the, the embarrassing moments, if there are any, or like the lower moments, moments. Yeah. I think talking about how there's still some things to get over imposter syndrome or, you know, self-esteem or self, you know, uh, in my head about some things. I think that's definitely part of it. I've definitely had conversations that didn't air, you know, like mm. I think every podcaster has them. I think I've had two or three where I was like, you know what? One of them, I was like, hey, this is better for you if I don't air this right. because they just didn't understand any of the questions, like any of them. Uh, and that's not to talk shit about the person, but like that's a part of it, you know, sometimes. I think that's a quote unquote low moment to an extent because you want someone to enjoy the experience of your product, right. right? Like you don't want someone to pick up a rare cut or you don't want someone to be using the amenities in your building or, you know, VR or whatever you're doing and be like, yo, this sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's yeah. that's a low moment to an extent where sure. it's like, hey, you're getting some bad feedback. Um, and then, you know, the cringeworthy stuff uh, that I, I guess I, I could throw that in the low bucket but ultimately that's really it man that's that's really it there's been nothing else off the top of my head what's the cringe the cringe dude is those first episodes uh. I, i'll be so honest with you guys bro whenever i would host someone i'll give you you guys know nick santa santo nastasso whatever his name is yes. mm -hmm. forgive me for not knowing it nick i apologize but he was coming on the show how i prepared for that episode was by watching his episode with ed Milet taking every question Ed Milet asked him and asking him the same questions. To me, that's super cringe. Like knowing that I did not prepare for that, nor did I ask him my own questions. Mm. I asked him questions that I thought were good because Ed asked them. Mm. But this isn't decoding success with Ed Milet. Right. You know, so like I've had moments like that. That's cringe to me when I look back. Um, Again, it's like, hey, did I give you an enjoy an enjoyable experience? I think even thinking back to that conversation with Nick, I think looking back, he knew that these questions had been asked before. And now I pride myself on the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. I want someone to say to me, wow, I've never been asked that question before. Or great question, good question, you're a great host, et cetera. Like, dude, I, I said to you yesterday, I'm on a streak currently of 50 podcasts where I've gotten one of those remarks. Mm -hmm. Like, I keep a, a yeah. checkbox, bro. That's cool. Like, did I get one of those? Did I get one of those? What was it? And I tally it. And, you know, that's the goal now. So, like, complete opposite of the cringe. Yeah. It's almost like you didn't really have a voice when you first started. And Great now point. you know what your voice is. Yeah. Great yeah. point, bro. You know? Nice. And Great it's literally, point. you know, you look at the beginning episodes and you didn't know what to ask yeah. because you hadn't found your groove yet. Yeah. But now you know exactly who you are and what questions to ask. And that's why you're getting that feedback, I think. Great point, dude. Yeah. I think... That is the nail on the head, bro. Like <clears throat> I said, when I moved into this show, like it was just so egotistical. Everything was outside. Everything was outside. And then 2020 was a big year, bro. Shifted a lot of things. You went inside. Went inside. Went inside. That was the major, major shift. So, Did you see a change in your personal life from that point? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah that that was the biggest thing, bro. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. That was like pff, the year that blew everything up. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I was 27 in 2020. That was like, literally the year that just like shit happened you know it started a shift but i think even at that time when you were either comparing 
yourself to Damon or maybe Ed Milet. Mm-hmm. I think that's natural. And I think that's because they're like the Michael Jordan in your eyes of that space. So you're focused on how do I wear that guy's jersey? Yeah. But now you're wearing your own. Yeah. We have to imitate to innovate, right? I don't think that's a bad thing. Like when you look at someone, you, you're allowed to look up to people. But how much of that looking up is going to be tailored into your life? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would say, I mean, listen, for me, even starting a business, we had to fake it until we made it. Sure. And a lot of that is imitation of competitors, of yeah. what you think it should be. And only now that we're really seeing success is because we have, like I said, our own voice. Mm. We know who we are. We've yep. been at this for, I've had the business for 16 years. Holy we shit. We know exactly dude. who we are. Is it really that long? Yeah, man. Uh, I started the company when I was 20. I'm 17, year, uh, 17 years ago. I'm 37 yeah. now. Boy. Yeah. Fucking 17 years. Sweet 16 party. Yeah. That's a long fucking time, bro. Yeah, man. It's been a yeah, it's been a journey, dude. Same thing. I look it back at some of the stuff that we were doing when we were younger, and it's cringeworthy. Same thing. It's I might not that, be able yeah. to, it might not be coming up on my iTunes, but <laughs> yeah, just yeah. just the YouTube album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's not constantly reminding me of my car when I have to listen to the old shitty theme song. But. The best part is <laughs> I will literally delete it. I'll look and at like old logos up. and stuff. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah, like and I'll be like, oh my god, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, or even like it's like so, like, you know, life goes full circle sometimes. Like, some of the buildings that we have now, I pitched, you know, 15 years ago, but I wasn't ready at that point. Mm. And I look at, like, how we were pitching and what we were doing, and it was just, like, it's embarrassing to think about. Yeah. Like, what I showed up with, you know, and, like, how we were going. And, like, it's just, it's, again, you just, I think the longer you go at something, the, you know, the more you find your voice. And I think the most successful people, businesses, whatever, are ones that know what their voice is. Yeah. You know, and know who they are. How do you suggest finding your voice, though? I think that's like, I mean, for time, for time, right, time. Nothing else. You have to start. You have to start. Yeah. Like, time and practice. It, it can take you 10 years just to get to the point where you, like, unfucked yourself in your head mm. to start. But, like, the next guy could just start tomorrow. Yeah. Because, like, we, like Ant said, like, we wait till it's, we think it's perfect. But then when we, when we think it's perfect, we realize five years later it still wasn't perfect. Yeah. So we should have just started. You said this before, right? It was respect for the perspective. Respect for the perspective, yeah. That goes for your own personal life also. Yeah. Like looking back at everything that took to get to where it was, you can't just dismiss it. You might want to because it's cringy, yeah. but it's part of your journey. Absolutely. And you have to have respect for that. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing except kind of going inward, you know? Yeah. That's with everything. That's with like fashion when we were younger, how we used to dress. Oh my God. What did we you listen to? You want to pull up to, our high school we... yearbook photos? I'm oh sure God. we look the same. I love Facebook <laughs> memories. Bro. Oh, man. I love Facebook memories. Like, for real. Yeah, those that, are That's in every part yeah, of life. But when you're in high school, too, you're like, no, you know, my parents, when they were in high school, they, like, they dressed lame. Like, this is cool. This is going to last yeah. forever. And then you look back and you have the, the Brooklyn blowout haircut with yeah. the... Bro, I have a picture of and you have a, a baby blue Nike headband oh, around God. the blowout. He yeah. does? I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I probably had the same exact headband. I don't know. Except mine was Michael that, Jordan, probably. Oh, I was you probably had the Jordan one. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy. The collared shirt yeah, picked pops. up this way. Like, yeah. you know? I, I never had a blowout. Good for you. I never had a blowout. You're also younger than us. Like, I feel like everyone had a blowout. Back in like 2000. Yeah, we all look the same. It was like a bunch of clones. I even yeah, see it, it now, like with like my nephews and stuff. Like when I go like to their little league games or whatever, they all have that weird mullet thing going on. Everyone has yeah. the mullet. All those bro. kids yeah. have that same haircut. They're all like around the same age group. It's like 12 year old boys. They're all, they all look the same. 
But it's just the environment that yeah. you're in, too, like when you're a kid. Because yeah. you know why? Because you don't have a voice at that age. You're so right. you all look identical. Yeah. You know, we were the same way when we were younger. I just said this the other day. I wanted to be in a gang so bad. <laughs> like, bro, I was so Were in. you going on tryouts? <laughs> <laughs> I was sure. Yeah, yeah. Bro, I don't know what it was. It was just like. Hey, like, how bad did you want to be in a gang? What like, kind of gang? Yeah. <laughs> I was hanging out with my, my friends from elementary school and their older brothers and cousins and whatnot were so cool in my eyes. And I'm like, yo, I want to be like you guys. You get influenced so easily. Until, yeah. like you said, until you find your voice, until you find your way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's typically how it works. Like, I saw the David Beckham documentary. That was uh, which awesome was documentary. So good. Awesome documentary. And he did his hair. He shaved his head, and all, sure enough, like, tons of people shaved their head. And then he did his hair a certain way long, and with the headband, people I definitely copied, copied one of those haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> At some point I mean, in my yeah, life. I had a full hawk at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Beckham? I feel like, yeah. Really? I, yeah. Well, I mean, you like, loved like, him? Uh, I feel like probably, yeah. I probably went to the bar and was like, I like that. Yeah. Give me I mean, this, he was a big influencer at yeah. the time. This is before there was influencers, quote unquote. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. So you looked up to like who was. That was like when everybody had the Jennifer Aniston haircut. All yes. those girls. That was like Everyone. the same thing. Where was I during this? Moment? You were younger, dude. You were like in elementary school by the time we were doing all this stuff. Yeah. Also true. Yeah. yeah. Man. You were trying to join a gang at this point. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Listen, I'm just being real. <laughs> I was over here being like, give me the David Beckham America. This guy's over here trying to join Bro, a gang. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> On MySpace, I started a page of a gang and invited like five people. What was the name? I don't even remember. That's not how gangs start. I know. Bro. <laughs> I got a feeling I know why you never wound up in a gang. Bro. <laughs> I had a fucking. No, bro. Neighborhood Cruise had fucking Facebook. Uh, had MySpace bro. pages. Bro. You definitely had a name. <laughs> I don't remember name. it. I don't remember. I oh, swear man. to God, I don't remember it. I really, it was three letters. Every neighborhood crew had like a three letter thing. They all had my The best pages, name bro. you have in, in my pain is Matteo Labricio. <laughs> is Italian, that your That's my Italian name. When, no, you, went to, in, when you went to Italy? <laughs> in, in the nightclub, we had a uh, promoter. She was, I think she was a shock girl too. First time she's ever meeting Matt. All dead serious face. He just says, she says, what's your name? Matteo Labricio. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he goes on, on and on about his name and where he's from, all made up, and she believed every word. <laughs> How'd that work out? I'm a good storyteller, bro. How'd that work out after? I don't even remember who it was, to be honest. It was uh, the girl Crystal, it. but I mean, she, she found out, but it was it's a good story. On, nah, yeah, it's it was on, a good story. It's lived on. I had that in my contact list issue for a long time. That's fucking great. For a long time. That's <laughs> Holy funny. shit. All right, let's stop the interview. Let's fucking have a conversation now. Nah. I think it has been. Do we have a couple more? Con- no. Like, how more how are you guys, bro? Like, what uh. the fuck? Like, we haven't even said how are you. <laughs> <laughs> he really wants He's to get off the spot. No, I yeah, yeah. We're just fucking talking, bro. We're just talking. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on in your, in your lives. I'm trying to start a page for a gang. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all MySpace? Good luck with that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fucking MySpace. I guess uh, I guess I'll break the ice here for you. My uh, my wife is pregnant. Yeah. I mean, you what? guys all know that. I did yeah, know that. I know we yeah. don't have to like pretend like you guys just found out, but uh, but yeah, my wife I know it's public. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, we could talk about it now. We're in the second trimester. There's like the little bit of the you know you wait. But like we got the bump going on. She got the bump. Baby moving around. I saw the Halloween awesome. costumes. Yeah, Halloween costumes. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's exciting shit. Are you? How are you preparing? Like what? Or are you preparing? Uh, oh, um, 
it's weird. You don't, I don't know if you really can prepare. Mm. Um, you start to think about like scheduling first, I think. All right, how long is she going to have maternity? How long am I going to have paternity? Um, like, how long am I going to take? I own my own business. So it's kind of like, yeah, like how long realistically do I want to be out? Um, and then you think about like what's going to happen after. So, like, you kind of get, I feel like you get that done first. You got the nursery you're planning. Um, you start reading what to expect when you're expecting, and like you listen to a couple audiobooks and you read a couple books. But like, yeah, I don't really think I'm preparing. I feel like, listen, I'm old enough now where, um, you know, uh, like let's let's just get the show on the road. You know, like I'm pumped, I'm excited. Names? Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Yet. Ah, <laughs> I knew you were going to be allowed yeah. to. We could bleep yeah. them out. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't know if we're allowed to say that yet. I'll let you guys know maybe off air. I'm yeah. hyped. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, it is a boy. I uh, awesome. I didn't mention that. It is a boy, which I'm pumped about. We yeah, had the gender reveal, the whole nine. That's another thing why it's like total public now. Like it's all over. Yeah, you know, yeah. Gender awesome. on social. I'm hyped for that, dude. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. What, what's going on with the sauna, cold tub, cold uh, plunge? So cold plunge, um, cold plunge is awesome. Um, cold showers are not even close to, to the cold what plunge. It's like you just did a plunge, plunge too on Monday, right? I did. I did it two days ago. <clears throat> and uh, I feel like, and maybe you can talk to this, I felt like mentally I was like, okay, you got this. Like, mm -hmm. you're fine. But my body was disagreeing. It was just like I could not stop shivering the entire time. But mentally I felt well, like that, yeah, I was Well, yeah, that's a natural okay. reaction. Yeah. I mean, nonstop. How for cold? four minutes. How cold was for the water? For 40 minutes? No. <laughs> oh, I thought you said Dead. 40 minutes. No, four. Actually, it's funny. I don't know because I, I emailed uh, the lady today. I, I, I said out of curiosity, how cold was that water? So... Yeah. I'm on standby. I don't know. What kind of tank was it, Dino? It was, out, well, I'll say this. It was it was in uh, Williamsburg on a rooftop where it was raining and already pretty cold mm. that day. So just having clothes Monday on was, was cold, cold. Bro. Yeah. Monday was cold. So that was a challenge. Um, but I can see how people get, like, a healthy addiction to that. And if I had the space, I'd add one of those in, in a heartbeat. Mm. It's it's getting, it's gotten so much easier to get into the tank, mm. like, the more you do it. Like, there's still a little bit of a, like, fuck. But then once you're in, it's literally just controlling your breath. So it's just, you know what's going to hit. So first the legs go in, and it's like, <gasps> okay. Now it's like, all right, now I'm going to get down to my neck. And then it's like, and then you feel it right away in your chest. And it's just like, <sighs> and, then you're, and then you're just peace of mind. Yeah. And then I stay, I stay there usually for four minutes. I feel like that's the sweet spot. I did seven minutes once, which I think is probably the max you're supposed to do. <laughs> I'm, you know, is there a max? I think they say the max is like seven minutes from what I've read. Who's so they? I pushed it. I don't know. The website of like Googling. Wim, Wim Hof. Yeah, maybe yeah. Wim Hof. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like I've done the, I went to actually the Wim Hof seminar. I told you this, this I told you about this, right? Or yeah, no? I yeah. believe On so. Air. It was amazing. Wim at Brook, uh, actually of all oh, places. Oh, was this at uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Mirage? Mirage. Yeah. Didn't you yeah. go there as well, Phil? Were no, you there for no. this? I, I saw Wim at uh, Tony Robbins. Oh, we, so saw, nice. we saw him. Did I? You know what? I'm pretty sure you were there for that. That was... 2018. That was 2018 before we went to Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, 2018. Oh, we seen shit. him. Everybody thought this guy was space cadet. Like, he yeah. was nowhere near mm -hmm. as big as he is now. Mm -hmm. And I was enjoying it. And then he's on stage playing the ukulele. He's going, ooh. Yo, he's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this guy... Okay, this guy's amazing. Yeah, he's incredible. Uh, when I went to Brooklyn Mirage, it was like, I don't know, fucking... He had that place packed out. It was like maybe like 4,000 people there. This yeah. was pre-COVID. And it was like the coldest day in like January. I don't even know when it was. It was like 10 degrees outside. And they just set up like a bunch of kiddie pools outside. 
and then they did all the breathing and it was like super tribal. It like, yeah. felt awesome. It was like incredible. We did the breast, then we did, then we went outside, did the cold plunge, came back. And then like there was like a little bit, it was really funny though, because it was like when when he was starting to get like a little famous. So like he had a following, he sold stuff out. It was like all of a sudden like started doing like the Q and A. And then, like, some of the answers and stuff that he was given was, like, just hilarious. Like, typical mm-hmm. when it was, like, uh, someone comes up and they're, like, how does, um, so, like, I have Crohn's disease. Like, I've heard that ice baths are really good for Crohn's disease. Like, can you tell me a little bit about the science? He's, like, yes, cures Crohn's disease. Next question. And then, like, he just, like, kind of, and, really? like, he's, yeah, but, like, he was awesome. He was hugging everybody. Like, he was incredible. But it was, like, I think he had just, like, had enough. Like, he was just, like, ready to go. So, yeah. like, then he just kind of got off stage and, like, kind of ran off or whatever. But, like, I. Like, I don't know if he had a flight to catch or what, but it was just really funny. That's also on brand for him, I feel like. Yeah, like, you know, very, very much right? just, like, listen to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, yeah, yeah, just like, exactly. yeah, like, just, like, right. listen to me. Right. It cures it. Next question, you know? Those like, events, man, when you... I'm talking, like, the larger scale events. I'm sure that was a large event at Brooklyn Mirage. Oh, it was cr- like, everybody breathing in unison, doing bro, exactly I, what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Back and forth, like, five, like the air going in and out of the room like that. It that was reminds fucking crazy. me, like, when we went to the Tony Robbins event, bro, like... Forget about the actual event itself, but when you're like going to walk the fire, when you're doing that fire mm. walk, bro, the energy, I have videos of me screaming. Like I was on fucking, I don't even know what, bro, but I was just like, t- I, w- I don't even know where you guys were. Like I was by myself. I'm with random people. I'm taking videos, screaming. You're on such a high and then you walk across those coals and it's like, you feel like the fucking man. Absolutely. You know, like the energy at those events is next fucking level. That's another one where Zoom does not, you can't replicate it on Zoom. You know Zoom. what? Oh, is he doing them in person anymore, Tony? Yeah, he's actually yeah, doing yeah. one next week. Yeah. So he Here? does very in Texas, few. Dallas. Oh, in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, I did see very that. Very few. Because now he's like, I got this state of the art stadium. It's next level, bro. I was there. The one in uh, in Palm Beach. That is fucking really nice. Sick, yeah. yeah. And it's is right that the one with house. all the screens behind yeah. him? Yeah, it's that one. Right. So why, you know, it's almost like doing a, if you're, if you're, uh, an artist, right? If you're a musician, if you can do a residency in Las Vegas, you're going to do that residency, right? You can have the show that you want. You don't have to travel. You're on. You have a consistent sleep cycle. I get where he's coming from, but as the yeah. consumer or the fan that's going there, it's not the same experience. Uh, yeah. I did the online one. It's good, but I mean... So you can't go to him in person anymore? Select events. There's you very can. few. Bro, next time he's in New York, us four should do that. Yeah, I've never gone. Obviously, you guys speak very highly of it. Bro. I, it sounds like, listen, I think as human beings too, and again, I think it's whether it's Wim or Tony or whatever, like the tribal experience together of yeah. just doing stuff totally. together. We need to do that. Bro. Yeah, it's, it's We need awesome. to do that. Yeah. Honestly, listen, that's why I have a sauna and a cold plunge at my house. So I could just have people over. Is the sauna infrared? Uh, no, cold. Cold. Yeah, it's electric. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I've been doing the infrared sauna pretty consistently at least once a week. I don't know if you can do infrareds outside. From my research. Oh, you. Oh, this is inside. Yeah, this is that's inside. why I don't think you can. There's yeah. a lot over there. So yeah, I'm yeah, confirmed. Yeah, inside, <laughs> inside? infrareds in, mm. inside only. Bro, you get a mic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, inside only. No, that's that's a good add-on for this podcast. That would be awesome. But um, yeah, I've been doing it at least once a week, bro. Those nights, I sleep like a fucking baby. Bro. Yeah, hell yeah. Like you sleep like a baby. Hell yeah. I, my sessions are only 30 minutes. Uh, that's what I pay for. It's like a monthly membership where it's like 30 minutes at a time. The most I've ever been able to stay in it straight is 26 minutes. Then I would get out, get some water, go back in and finish for like the remain, like mm-hmm. the last three minutes. But bro, those, first of all, you sweat like a fucking pig in a blanket. Like without a doubt, you're, you're dripping. It's only, I think it goes up to 142 degrees. 
I was positive it's been higher than that, but from what I was told the last time I was there, they said it doesn't go higher than like 150. Yeah. But um, outside of the sleep, first of all, red light is great for hair loss. Mm-hmm. Red light is great for so many things. And bro, I'm telling you, I, I feel so good about my sleep after those sessions, you know? It's Even huge. if it's, yeah, bro, I mean, you want to feel recovered and. Bro, there's sometimes I'll be tossing and turning at night, regardless of doing like a, a breath work exercise or something to like calm me down a little bit and to like knock the edge off naturally. Um, sauna, I don't need it, bro. Go to the sauna, get home, shower, in bed, knocked. Yeah. Like that, bro. Yeah, no, the, and the combination for me between going in the sauna for 20 minutes and then coming out and doing the cold plunge for four mm-hmm. is just awesome. Do you go back and forth? Like, how do you alternate? Depends on what I got going on. On like weekends, I'll fuck around a lot because I have more yeah. time. You know, yeah. you can have a little more fun during the week. I'll do. You won't um, soon though, bro. Ah, it's funny. <laughs> I keep saying to everybody too, like, because everybody's like, "Oh, just wait, just wait," you know. And I'm like, "Ah, nothing's gonna change." Yeah, you know. I just feel like again, like one thing I always say too is I will never be the one to come. This is one thing like where you say like you're preparing. I think it just in my head like I'll never be the one to complain about my kids ever. Yeah. You're never going to hear me fucking say anything about my kids. I'm like, ah, shit, I got to go do this or I got to do that. Like, so I, even now, like, I feel like, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's time going to be a little harder to come by, but you, you know, you figure it out a little, you wake up a little earlier, you do what you have to do, dude. you know, 100%. Right. And it's yeah. so close I, to you, man. It's right. It's right outside. That's why I got in my house, man. Listen, I'm privileged enough where I can, you know, I, God's blessed me enough where I can have that shit in my house. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like I have a garage gym, right. I have a sauna and I have a cold plunge. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. Yep. That's all I can ask for. 100%. Sometimes you need a perspective shift. I was speaking to somebody and uh, just telling her, I'm like, yeah, I'm just pretty busy with a lot of things lately. I just feel like uh, you know, I, I've, I've had trouble just finding the time for things. And she's like, listen, you can because, and she's like, I used to waste so much time throughout the day. She goes, she has five kids of her own right now. She coaches 80 different clients and she has two jobs on oh, top sure. of that. Yeah, she runs two businesses. She's like, and she goes, and I pick my kids up from school, and I drop them off, and I do this. She's like, point being is like, when your back's against the wall, you'll always find a way. Mm. She's like, you're just, you're going to have less time messing around on like Instagram. Like, look at your screen time, right? I'm sure that's you'll, better for the better. A hundred percent. And one thing that Drew said the last show, like I said, I always take something from from what you guys say every time about logging off out of Instagram to like, make it extra hard to like get signed in. It's just that one extra step. Like it's those little life hacks. Have those you been doing little that? things. I did it one time for two days mm. because what stopped me from doing that is that I still I have the business that's getting ramped back up again and I'm being consistent yeah. in posting. So I did do it for two days and uh I catch myself clicking that button so many times. I'm like, oh my God, it's like I feel yeah. like that was, yeah. Are you still to, consistent with that? I am. So what I do is, just anybody who didn't listen to the last podcast, what I do is I try to treat, because I don't really use social media much for business, right? So I have somebody who's in charge of our business page and uh, outside of really personal, right? Um, I found myself during some of my downtime just scrolling mindlessly. And then before I knew it, I'd be like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. 15 minutes went by and I'm fucking stuck in this rabbit hole. Yeah. Looking at Wim Hof videos or something, I don't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> or a fucking uh, what was the, what was the advertisement? A portable uh, portable urinals, <laughs> yeah, right? Like whatever, right? I'm like, how the hell did I get here? So I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I was like, I'll log out, and I heard this also somewhere that I took it from. I log out and I treat it like dessert. So mm-hmm. when I have downtime, I log back in, and then I go on for like ten minutes, catch up, whatever, and then I log back out. 
just to do away with the mindless scrolling that was yeah. going on. Because that's where I felt like was the most wasted time. And I've actually replaced it with like, so like in the morning now when I wake up, I'll even do like, instead of doing 10 minutes of scrolling, I'll do like 10 minutes of babble where I'm like practicing learning another language. What do you learn? Oh, good for you. Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. Hola, I took Italian in high school, which totally messed up my Spanish. So now I'm trying they're, to go back and similar. learn Spanish. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty similar. Yeah, they're pretty similar. That's cool, though. Yeah, so it's little, like you said, little life hacks, but that for me has worked. I don't know if anybody else is listening who kind of has like, what the hell, I'm wasting so much time on social. Just that one extra step, like you said, can yeah, somehow stops, just, because yeah. then you, you, the thing is you realize all of a sudden like, oh shit, I'm going back to it in any downtime I have. I caught myself at a red light, like almost scrolling. And I was like, this is fucking dangerous. That's oh, I, I do like, that I all stop. the time. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop. It's an addiction. Yeah, you got to stop. It's an addiction. I was like, wow, I'm actually addicted right now. It's crazy. Yeah. No, it's rough. But that takes discipline regardless. Like what you're doing takes a lot of discipline. I know people that will literally lock their phones up. They'll buy that little container on Amazon where you lock your stuff up for a certain, like you program. Like it. when you go to a concert type yeah, of thing? very similar, yeah. where you lock your phone in there for a certain amount of time, and then you get it out at the end of the day, mm -hmm. right? Like, I, dude, I, I'm 100% that person that scrolls I also way too, too much. Even as some, I have, for the company, we have a lot of employees, right? There's close to 800 or so that'll be this year probably. Holy shit, yeah, dude, like, I didn't know that. It might even be like 1,000 by the time Whoa. the year's done, I'll be honest Holy with you. Holy shit. So... One of the issues that we're facing, and I think a lot of businesses are facing, is like, how do you fix customer service when people are constantly just on their phones? Mm. <laughs> it's just a crazy problem that's going on where it's like, I, like I, I have like lifeguards. Well, how do you incentivize someone us. to stay off their phone? That's the problem, right? So do, what do you do? Do you lock them up in the middle, in, in the beginning no, of the shift? Who's going to work for you? That creates animosity. Who's going to work for you? Yeah. Exactly. Right? So what do you do? But now yeah. you also have like people who are lifeguards. At some of our amenity spaces. And they're on their phones. And they're on their phones. Mm. So what do you do? Right? You got to lock them up at that point. What else, What are the other options, right? If it's a job that's like that, yeah. right? Like if you're a bus driver in the city, you know, you can't have your phone. There's got to be certain jobs where it's like you just can't have your phone anymore. Yeah. But it's also a thing too where whether it's a, let's say it's a lifeguard or let's say it's just a receptionist or somebody who's greeting people, a concierge mm -hmm. person. Like what are, you, what are you doing to kind of limit the cell phone activity? Well, even yeah. sometimes you go into a store, like a, just a clothing store, and you don't get greeted or you get a half greeting because they're on their phone. They're like, hey, what's going on? And, yep. and maybe because yep. we're of a certain generation, <clears throat> we're just like, that's so rude. Like when you see a customer, you put your phone away, mm -hmm. right? But if you're raised with the phones ever since you're a little kid, that's what I mean. when you get screen time for being you know, a good boy or a good girl, like that's their reward. Anytime they can look at it, they do. So now it's become a part of the greeting. But that's also why so many people sound like, robotic now because now everyone like speaks as if they're reading a text message it's um yeah. it's not good for society and you know good customer service will you know that's the thing we have the benefit of being born before the internet was popular at least drew and i so, <laughs> <laughs> so like we know like you call a hey, can hey uh you know, Mr. Mrs. Meditz, it's Anthony. Can Drew come out to play? You know, like having that conversation. You just got to you know, call a house. Yeah, had to call a house. And yeah. just like that I had to do skills. that too. Yeah. <laughs> I did have to do that. Bro. Yeah, if you wanted to call a girl to talk to her, you had to get through the parents first on the house phone. Yeah, 100%. I just had that combo the other day. Yeah. Or if you want to hang out with a friend, you had to ride your bike to the kid's house, mm -hmm. drop it in front of the house, ask the mother if you hang out. If they're having dinner, no yeah. way. 
Sometimes she'd feel bad, let you in for a couple of minutes. Sometimes you get to have the rice of own chicken cutlets with them. <laughs> and then you leave. But like, that, that's how life was. It wasn't like, hey, a text, like, can you hang out? It's like, let me go. That's probably why we were more fit too as kids. You, uh, I feel like, I don't know if you guys sent it in the group chat or not, or if it was another group chat. Um, the AI at the coffee shop, was that you guys or no? Did you I see know, this? I don't recall no. that. Okay, so there's video of this. So there's AI and it's in a camera. And what it does in this coffee shop is there's four employees who are there. And it, over the course of the day, measures how much um, each employee has made in terms of like their cups of coffee. So there's four wow. employees who are working the counter making coffee. One employee through the AI made like, let's call it whatever, 120 cups. One of the employees made like 10 cups. And the AI caught it through the camera. Hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. But that's where I feel like this is eventually going to go in the future, which is kind of crazy to think about. Mm. And I don't know, is that good or bad? I mean, you're <laughs> holding people accountable it as is a true. business owner. That is true. That if is you're true. slacking off as an employee, it's the worst thing ever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. what side of the coin you're on. I'm yeah, right. it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about, but... I love that. What about you, bro? What's going on in your life? <laughs> I know I was just uh, in Nashville with you. Nashville was a great time. Ooh. I love Nashville. Nashville's a you? cool city. How do you feel about Nashville? Bro. Country girl, shake it for me, girl. I love that place, Nash- It's um, <clears throat> You can get a full experience in in a weekend there. I mean, yeah. granted, can you are you going to see everything? No. But I think you can have, like, I don't even see the appeal, thank you, of Sorry. necessarily going to Vegas, even though that's its own beast. But Nashville, you can get everything you need in two, three days there. Yeah. I've been there a number of times just for 24 hours, and I had a great experience. It's a Be- cool city. Yeah. What what was your what was your takeaway from it? What a clean city, bro. Like Well, not at night, not Broadway at night. The streets. Bro, everything to me was clean. I don't know. In my opinion, there was no garbage or anything, bro. I mean, listen, maybe I just haven't been out of New York in a while, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it first of all, I mean, there's so many takeaways, right? The people are just so nice. Um you could shoot automatic weapons, which was fucking awesome. <laughs> that was really cool. Um, I just think seeing the culture, I, that might be a basic-ass response, but like just seeing that your way of living isn't the only way of living right. is such a good feeling. That's why anytime I've ever traveled, I have always felt like I've grown. And maybe I just don't mm-hmm. travel as much as I previously have, but going down there to the south seeing their way of life you come back and you're like all right cool your way of life is your way of life it goes back to what i said earlier like respect the perspective you know right. that, that's what it comes down to but it, it's a dope fucking city that's for sure these people could party too these people could, i mean they could fucking party yes they can what about honky ant honky ant that <laughs> that's a new one that's, that's uh, your new term? my gang name yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you want to join my gang <laughs> we have a myspace page bro no, I've been there twice. I was twice this year. I was there. Yeah, oh, it's wow. crazy. That's a lot of times. How many times have you been there total? Five. Oh wow. Yeah, a lot of times, man. Yeah. I, I, think, I think I'm gonna wait another couple of years before I return. Honky tonk, honky tonk, honky tonk. I heard it in our group chat. I had to bring it up. <laughs> what else is going on though? I mean, outside. I know I was just traveling with you, but like, what else outside of that? Um, a whole lot of things. I'm not even sure really where to go with it, but um, uh, a lot. I mean, I've been. <laughs> I think I've been going out more than I have in a really long time. Um, but just meeting a lot of different people, seeing a lot of different things, at more than I'd say in years, even like talking like pre-pandemic days. Mm. Um, 
just keeping really busy with that. And I don't know, I'm just, I, th- I really think like you talked about going on trips and like getting that perspective. Um, I think just with the trips I've taken, you know, we talk about taking something from a vacation and like it lasting and it staying with you for a while. Um, I think I've been very conscious of like taking the lessons I've learned in the past and like being like, okay, now that you're back from vacation, it doesn't just go back. Don't resort to who you were pre-vacation, mm-hmm. like take the lessons with you. So part of those things I've talked about was just, um, just experiencing New York city more now than ever. And, um, I feel like for the longest time I didn't, mm. but, uh, it's good and bad. I just feel like I, you know, more than anyone, man, I, I don't really, how many times have you heard me say I'm not doing anything mm. for a night It's very few it's times. Rare. Yeah, yeah, it's, rare. it's rare, but it's also really good. And I know that I'm not going to do that for forever. Um, but no, this is an exciting time in my life. I'm, you know, I'm, whether it be the business that I have and my own business, you know, uh, working for the medical device company and all that stuff. Um, I'm, I'm seeing success in that. And I'm also just trying to make sure like I'm living at 38 years old, just like getting the most out of it. Cause a lot of these things I'm doing now, I'm like, I don't think I'll be doing a lot of these things, you know, maybe necessarily at the same pace in a few years anyway. So yeah, just, just, I don't want to say an overdrive, but definitely doing a lot more than I've been accustomed to. I, I'm I'm curious, like, I mean, this is something I fall guilty to all the time. Um, maybe not all the time. Maybe that's a stretch. But like you mentioned, not going back to your old ways after you, quote unquote, learn something. I'm curious from you guys, like, how do you cement that in? If it is something that you cement it in, like you learn something, you apply it, you don't let yourself fall off. You know, you, you keep it going, like. Obviously, there's discipline involved, but I can't tell you how many times I've started something after I learned it. And the next thing you know, I do go back to the old ways. You know, I, I think that's our natural response to an extent. I mean, I do that all the time. That's, that, that's yeah. why that's, that, <laughs> yeah. that's why I'm being ultra conscious of it right yeah. now, you know. Um, I mean, anything I'm going to tell you, the audience or you guys here at this table, you've all heard it all before. Um, but like, whether it be journaling or one thing I'm very big on is doing uh, video mm. journal updates for myself. Um, that's such a powerful exercise. You know, when people ask me like, Hey, what's, what are tips that you have uh, as a new entrepreneur? Like what are things I can and should be doing? I, I give about three answers typically, but one that I give always is tape record yourself for you like don't tape record yourself with the intention to put it out maybe you will one day but keep a video journal because it's one thing to write things down which i do also but when you're going to capture yourself in the moment looking the way you look exuding the energy that you're feeling or the highs the lows and just seeing yourself and then reverting back uh it's it saved me from making a lot of bad decisions in my life Mm -hmm. and also has um like reminded me like, Hey, remember that thing that you thought was impossible to do like two years ago, you watched that video and you're like, damn, I can solve that in five minutes now. Yeah. But you see yourself kind of struggling like, Hey, here's what's going on in my life. Here are the difficulties I can't quite figure out. And you're like, I've really evolved a lot. And to me, it's more entertaining to kind of watch one of those as opposed to just reading and opening up the journal. Um, so that's like a life hack I always share with people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's to answer your question. That's how I keep myself accountable. It's like, you know, Saying to yourself, like, okay, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm trying to go. And then you might happen to watch that months later. And you're yeah. like, oh, shit, I didn't do any of those things I said I was going to do. Like, then you mm-hmm. feel like that imposter syndrome and, you know, you're not <clears throat> keeping promises to yourself. But when you do 
keep those promises yourself and you're just like, man, I've really evolved a lot. And like, you know, that, that old analogy of like, you know, you, you go to the gym, no one notices you and you, you see a buddy that hasn't seen you in months. You're like, oh man, you've been working out. You look good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you don't notice the growth in yourself sometimes. So by having those video logs, that's how I really yeah. keep myself accountable. I had uh, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon on the show recently. Her episode will air just before this. And she said something that was interesting. It's funny. It's been popping up in so many different ways in my life. Um, My therapist gave me an exercise to do, which aligns with what I'm about to say. The book that I'm currently reading, the book that I read before this book, and then she said it on the podcast. And it's like, set a rent. And granted, she didn't say all of this, but this is like how I interpreted it. Give someone your phone. Tell them to set a random time for your alarm to go off every hour. Now, of course, if you're on meetings, it might not work. But have someone set an alarm so that you don't know when they're going to go off. And when that alarm goes off, check your thoughts. What are you thinking? Are you thinking about falling back into the pattern? Um, whether it be you know how you're eating or whatever your quote-unquote old self is. And she said, keep a log for 24 hours of what you're thinking and what your actions are. And then review that and see, okay, what are the underlying thoughts here? What are the underlying actions here that needed to be changed? Are you still implementing the new change that you want to implement after you go on a trip and learn something or go to an event or learn something? It's very similar to the video journal, just more so with the thoughts um, and, you know, writing it out. But I thought that was so powerful. And the fact that I saw it in like four or five different places and it just keeps like coming up to me, that's like, all right, dude, the universe is throwing this in your fucking face. You know, you have to fucking do it. I haven't done it yet, but it's something that I want to do. It's, um, you know, to me, that's my way of implementing what I just asked you, you know? I just started doing that actually with my schedule, same kind of analogy. So put on your Google calendar, what your day looks like now, Mm -hmm. then on a Google Calendar and a different color code, put what your perfect day looks like and mm. see what the difference mm-hmm. is. This is what my perfect day would be. Gym, hang out with my son, do this, do that, dinner with friends, this, that, reading, what it is now. And it's like, okay, to get it to that, what do I have to change? Same thing. I think mm. once you know better, like once you really, really know better, like you're just letting down yourself. And it, at least for me, person i hate letting down is myself mm-hmm. when i know but i'm how dare i give advice to like my parents to eat healthy and then i don't right. you know like like you it starts with you first so i think the biggest thing is we realize life is finite like the time is taken mm-hmm. to do the best with what you got do you feel like you let yourself down before you let anyone else down i think um I think for sure I'm I'm my worst critic. Mm. I think uh, you know a lot of us are for sure. So, you know I'm just thinking about how I can improve for myself. You know it's because really, especially once you start having children, like you realize how finite time is, and you want to just optimize what you have left for sure yeah. for you. But then so you're in their life as much as possible. And then the big thing is I I judge I judge um, what I do but also because I want to be that example to another person, Mm -hmm. whether that's my family, a friend. Like, There's so many people that look up to our example. We don't think of it much, but people are always watching, especially in the day of the internet and social media. Everybody is. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I would let myself down before I let one of you guys down. You know, like if you guys came to me and you were like, yo, like I need you to come through on this, like I wouldn't let you down. But if I said to myself, hey, I need 
Matt to come through on this, I feel like I would let myself down a lot easier. Well, how about you don't let us down and join the half marathon with us? I I signed up. Oh, we did? know. We never heard. Yeah, yeah. You, you bro, I'm not gonna send it to you, bro. Yeah, but then you went. You ghosted us, bro. After I, that. We that got ghosted. sent it in the chat, and then you ghosted us. No, no, no. I we turned back around. I, I messaged you guys, bro. Yeah. I didn't hear I didn't back. By the way, did, did you guys get, get in yet or no? We got a we got a message that you had an appointment, but. Not a confirmation. No, bro, I had more than one appointment that but not, day. But not I a confirmation a that you got day. it. Yeah, you were like, hey, here's the half marathon. <laughs> you like, oh my God, that's you a great idea, Matt. And then we all signed up, and then you didn't say anything. <laughs> no, no. I'll wave to you guys on the TV. Also, yeah. in our defense as well, the last time that we ran with you, you took off on us, and we never saw you. No, no, no. Race. You guys didn't follow, bro. You were like, hey, we're all going to do this. Bro, there's like a thousand people running. You're zigzagging like a gazelle. Your legs are two times the size yeah. of mine, so you're out. <laughs> then I see me and Drew like, all right, we'll just... All right, so we'll, we'll all run this together. We'll all run it together. I'll run in, on, in the back. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no one's asking that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll run behind no, 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 you guys. Well, if you do that, you're going to run Phil right over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll run, what I'm saying, I'll run at, at the group's pace. We'll run no, together we, as a group. Right, we just want to make sure you join. Uh, that's all. It How hard is it here? to get in, by the way? That's not sustainable, by the way. Every, 12 no. miles, 12.1 miles, the same pace. Yeah, we can run sustainable. 12 miles a pace? Yeah, we could do All that. of us together in a line? No, we no just, you're not running in a just, line. You're running no. in, a, in a herd. In a herd, yeah. yeah. We just do the best this we can. This means herd, yeah, by the way. We'll try to stay we'll together. We meet each other at the finish line. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. We'll that figure leaves it out. from right here. That leaves from Park Slope. How hard is it to get into the race, by the way? We didn't I mean, have an issue. I mean, I got in with... Oh, okay. Uh, Good. I, I didn't. I did races before, but like the marathon, I didn't get in. Yeah. I mean, you you need but the half the marathon, marathon. You need to qualify for the half yeah. marathon. You don't need to qualify yeah. for. You could yeah. there. You could pay, but it's it's a lot. For the half marathon? No, for the full for the marathon. full. Yeah, yeah for, for the half marathon, for, it's one hundred for charity. Bucks. I think it's like thirty five hundred. You have to race oh, for it? charity. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not letting you guys down on that. I applied for that. That's Same a, day. Uh, that's also a week before the due date. So. Oof. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. She's cool right now. We'll see as we get closer. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I mean, we leave. I might take off on you guys halfway through. Right. That, <laughs> it, start, it starts in. Um, You'll want it. It's two life resume things back to back. It's huge. True, dude. Yeah. True. And it's early in the morning. You're done by one o'clock. Yeah. True. Yeah, I mean, that starts um, right here in Park Slope. Yep. Yeah. Prospect Park. Park. I definitely want to do it. Yeah. Prospect Park. You run through that and um, go all the way into the city. I didn't do it last time, obviously, but. Have you done it before? No. You didn't do it last year. You were injured, I think, right? I, yeah, my back was bothering me. I just wasn't in the right headspace. I, I, yeah. I brought him. I, you know, dropped him off. I, you know, I kept the original plan. I said, listen, I'll get us a ride. Um, we went together. I dropped him off. He was on his merry way. But I, I dude. I just said to myself, I just was not in the right headspace for it, you know? Yeah. Um, that happens, man. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I'm not mad at myself. I, I did what I had to do. I did what I thought was best in that moment. I knew that the half marathon was coming back. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, sure. I knew no. there would be another opportunity, you know? Um, and obviously doing it with you guys would be great, too. So, um, Well, Phil mentioned two life resume things in one. What's, what's the second one? Having the baby, bro. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I thought you meant two in one day. Okay, I understood. Having you'll, the baby. you'll see it's the same exact uh, thing as Wim Hof or Tony Robbins. When you're running, I think it was 26,000 people ran the half marathon. Yeah, that's really cool. There's wow. only two times in the year that Times Square is closed. And it's the ball drop, New Year's Eve, and it's the United Airlines half marathon. So you're mm -hmm. running through, we run through uh, past the Barclays. We run over the Brooklyn Bridge, 
Then you're in Chinatown. You're passing Canal Street. You're going up um, Times Square. You're going you're passing Grand Central Terminal. And when you have all these people with you, man, it's that's cool. It was fun it to unreal. follow you. For someone who wasn't in the right headspace, this guy following him was like this guy was floating on air on his uh, social yeah. media page. It was oh, fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. I was doing my best to. That's why I wanted to do it after seeing how much fun yeah. you had, man. Were you doing it for live? Real? I was well. I was running, and pretty much every mile, like I was yeah. doing, you know, like like a little snippet, you know, on social media. Sometimes it posted right away. Sometimes it was like, you know, some. It's challenging. I mean, there's so like I did the you know the fast walk and then the jog and the fast walk and the jog. But what I told myself, I wasn't in the best shape. I, the previous amount of miles I ever ran, like max, was I think six. Wow. So this is thirteen point one. I said, go as far as you can without stopping. Because once you do, at least for me, I feel my quad muscle like start to stretch a little bit. So I went up to seven miles. I remember I got, I think on the FDR drive, I think it was Lower Manhattan. And I, I made it all that way. And I was like super proud of myself. That's and awesome. then I started doing the half on, half off. Mm. And then around mile like... I think around mile 11, like, it was hard, man. I had to dig in the tank really mm. bad. Like, I just felt everything being stretched. And I was like, you know what? But you got to do it. And what was it? You had told us, told us something. I think it was Jesse Itzler that gave advice about when you're running long distances. What What's that advice? He has a lot of good advice. But uh, one thing he does, and he, just for everybody watching, he does 100 miles many times. He, he, he says crazy, 100 bro. miles. Yeah. So he's not about speed. Like he doesn't care about how fast it is. Just finishing it, completing it. So he says, keep your feet underneath you. As soon as you put your feet out in front of you, yes, you'll have speed. But as far as actually staying in it, just try to just, he, he just kind of like shuffles. That's his, that's his thing. Mm. He, I shuffle. That's what it was, yeah. I keep my feet underneath me. The other thing too is um, I've seen him do these 100 milers and he has like sandwiches packed, like peanut butter and jelly. I've seen him on like mile mm -hmm. 50 stop. He sits down, he takes a bite of this PB and J and he's like, yo, this is like the best steak mm -hmm. I ever had. It's like the best ribeye ever. So he's, he puts a uh, honey packets in his pocket. So I, I put some in my pocket. Let me tell you around mile seven, I squirted like it was like Nate's organic, like honey. And you know, I never felt better. It just, it felt unbelievable. So I highly, highly yeah, recommend yeah. you guys also, do that this year. you know what? Uh, shout out to Baylor uh, Barbie. Yes. He, um, he gave us great advice. I know that we've done it, Drew, and we've ran just the interval stuff, dude, when you're running those long distances. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, however, however far you want to run, run a mile and then give yourself 15, 20 seconds. Like, what that does, dude, it, it, it was such a difference. I know that we've done it. Mm -hmm. What did we do? Like, we do, we've done when we were running along the highway that time. Was that... Yeah, Astoria Park. Yeah, I like that. Because we did... Uh, we no, did... not Astoria Park. The one in Bayside. Cross, Cross Island? Park? Cross oh, Island. Oh, yeah, you're, right, you're, right, you're right. I think I that think... was like an eight-mile run. Or yeah, six... It was like a 10K. Or something like that. Yeah, we were yeah. doing intervals, bro, and like you feel like good. On the Cross it. Island? Or on yeah. the side of it, like the, the patch. Back and forth? We started in Fort Totten. That's where okay. we started. Uh, yes, yes, We yes. started in Fort Totten. We, we ran from whatever, Whitestone to yeah, okay. whatever it was. We didn't make it all the way to Bayside, but... Um, we turned around at a at a good point, and dude, running the intervals like that that saves you so much going long distance too. So we'll have to do that when we uh, for sure run the half. If you guys don't bail on me, well, so. yeah, we should start training now. We should. 
We probably should. Yeah. Well, I looked online to see, like, how you prep, and they said you could basically start in January, and they give you, like, a week-by-week kind of schedule. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is very manageable. Yeah. What are some other life resume things that you guys would like to, like, knock off in, like, the next two, three years? Two, three years. That's a good question, man. For me, it's financial freedom. Like, not just about how much you make, actually not having to work that day if you don't want to. Mm. So being dependent on you being the the driver in your business Mm. to bring in the revenue. And even if you have employees, like, can you, and I I look up to you in this sense, but like, can you walk away from your business for three months and it still grow 10% month over month Mm. without Mm. you? It's most of us buy a job. I'm I'm being honest. Like right now, I have I have a job. I own a business, but I have a job. So that in the next two three years, for sure, I've been I've been making strides. Uh, really digging my feet in the ground and making strides. Uh, companies growing, but I'm always thinking leverage, leverage and systems because then ultimately, like you just get stressed and you get burned out. And then we'll, you know, what good is it? So. That's, are you, that's uh, a big thing. Are you doing anything outside of your entrepreneurship and your job to like reach financial freedom? Are you doing investments? Yeah. Um, so one thing I started doing actually, it was it was just healthy for me. So my my company virtual restaurant tour, like that's my main thing. But I've always loved. Basically, I I just always embodied this. I want to do a business that speaks to the younger Phil, like the thirteen year old Phil. And teaching myself the, the things that I didn't know that I wish I knew earlier. So I kind of, I started an Instagram page and um, it's mostly built around just investments, financial freedom. And it was just something I was just doing for fun. I haven't even made it like public, things like that. And in the last two months, it's almost at 11,000 followers. Holy oh, shit. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. So Damn. Um, a lot of it is good. Do you follow me? Because I don't feel like I was going to say, how do we back. not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Would... I haven't even, I haven't put it out there a lot of it is just taking like a lot of it some of it's original content but a lot of it is kind of uh using the tricks that i've learned like remixing content uh sequencing content things like that and just leaving nothing uh hidden the best strategies i find like just sharing it you know mm. if i learned anything from every, everybody in this room uh entrepreneurs influences like hold nothing back like just give 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 and mm. it'll happen so uh, yeah, I've been messing around with that for sure. The number one thing is, I, I, I preach it on the page, it's like, you got to build up your active income bucket, so this way you can dump it in your passive income bucket. Mm-hmm. And it's just a cycle. It's how right. can I make more active income to dump into passive, and then eventually take the passive, dump it into more passive, because like you got to send out your, your dollar. Kevin O'Leary says this, your mm-hmm. dollar is like a soldier. Send it out mm-hmm. to battle, it's got to come home with a victory. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Or else, like... We have parents, I mean, that we love them to death. They work so hard, but, like, that's what they do. They just keep working, working, right. working. I've right. seen, there's been times I've seen tears, like, oh, man, I wish I didn't have to do this anymore. Like, I, they didn't, my dad didn't know I was in the room seeing him, but, like, I saw the conversations. Uh, damn, I got to get on the express bus again tomorrow. Uh, damn, this, that. And it's like, I see people who, whether you make 100000 or whether you make $1 million or $10 million, that guy who makes $1 million, he spends one point two. So like, and then I have a friend that makes forty thousand, but he spends thirty. So like, who's wealthier at the end of the day? And like, right. all this, just all this stuff we're learning. Mm-hmm. 
getting back to what you're saying, this is, this is a reason they don't teach this in school. Um, so, I mean, that's just like, it was something that, that helped me just with kind of like life and everything going on in my life. So it's like a side thing, but um, for sure. You said something too that I, I loved where you said like you, you're give, give, give. And it's funny, like the, I think the people that try to withhold information because I don't want to just give everything away for free. Those people end up losing in the end. But the people that are just so open to give, mm -hmm. people like you get a following immediately from that. And then you're just like, by the way, I have a book. And the book could be everything you've ever put on on YouTube or Twitter literally for free. But now it's packaged into one book and it costs $14.99. People will buy that book because you provided value. You know what I mean? And sure. that's not why you're necessarily doing it. But – when people withhold information and are protective because they don't want to like give everything away, like I think that's a very old school way of just like at looking at business. And I think now when you have so many, you've so you can you can learn anything in the world on YouTube for free. But that person that you've learned everything on YouTube from, if they release something and it costs something, then you're you're going to gravitate towards it and you're more inclined to buy it because you trust in that person in that product. Look at you, yourself, right? You've you put out this podcast, right? You put Blood, Sweat, and Tears, 300 episodes. You're launching a uh, – you have launched um, a course on how to do podcasts. People that are loyal to the fo the following and seen what you have done, there's a sample size to follow of just mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, there's a blueprint here, literally. So people are going to be more inclined as opposed to someone that's never done a podcast before and be like, hey, let me teach you how to do it, but I'm not going to give you anything for free. There's yeah. no sample there. Yeah. So the sa the sampling is huge. Uh, times have changed, man. It used to the formula back in the day was don't give everybody everything you right. know because yeah. then you can sell it. Right. But now with YouTube and everything is free, like you don't need that person. It's just about okay. I could watch this for free, but it'll take a hundred hours of my life. So let me just pay this person. So this way I learned it in one hour. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's the shift that has happened. Right. So it's like. People pay for convenience. They they pay with their money to save time. So, yeah, that's just a cool thing on the side. But, yeah, I'm actively always just looking, you know, at different things. And um, I love creating. I've always been passionate about creating. It started with the nightclubs. Like, take a, basically a room, four walls, very unsexy, but build a phenomenal brand inside of it that people can't wait on Wednesday to go to on Saturday. Mm. And, like, that's something that just will never stop. But then you kind of just can't do that forever, especially when you want to enjoy all of life's precious moments. Your kids, significant other, family, you want to travel. Like it's it's really, you know, it's a, it's a really sucky feeling to be on vacation, especially one where you're spending big money, you know, and you're spending 10, 20 grand, you're like, Ah, oh, damn, man. You're thinking about going back home to work on your business or feeling regret that you're enjoying yourself too much. So, like, financial freedom, like, it just, it gets out of survival mode. I know for me, that's, like, the next big thing mm -hmm. besides besides what I'm doing right now. Um, obviously, pouring into my son. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but that's that's the next thing. It'll be a better life for me, a better life for him, for everybody. Well, what else is going on? I feel like every time that we're doing one yep. of these, Phil's last to, to go when, when I'm asking what's up. So we I got the extra hour. We, we got the extra yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Just learning, man. Learning. Um, doing my best uh, with everything. That's that's pretty much in a nutshell. I'm doing my best. Uh, my son, Luca, he's... We just had Halloween. What was it? Yes, was it? 
yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. 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 He was Superman. I was Batman. <laughs> it was incredible. It was incredible. Uh, I took him trick-or-treating. And um, at first, like, it's it's all a learning experience. Usually, he's um, he's wide awake. And um, he's he's passed out. So I'm like, oh, all right. We can't go trick-or-treat him right now. Um, he wakes up. We, you know, get in costume. We go on uh, the main avenue. We go store to store, and like, you know, p- people just they flip out. Like they, they're in love. Like, oh my god! Like, he's a a ladies man. <laughs> at, at nine months, he's a ladies man for sure. He's a handsome baby. Yes, yes, yes. He really is. And um, yeah, he enjoyed it. We had so much fun. So, trick or treating first Halloween. It's yeah. you're gonna love it. It's it's I'm tiring. I'm super pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I was exhausted. So I've lived in an apartment forever. I was exhausted yesterday because now I have a house. Just opening the door every, like, I exhausted myself for like oh, two hours. Oh, shit. I was, yeah, I was Yo, trying to figure There's out. so many kids by us. Really? So many kids. We ran out of candy. Like, we came close to, like, running out of candy. Was Pierre... Off Pierre was Pierre was yeah. How the dogs is Pierre, were bad. bro? That's, he that's to, the question. How yeah. is Pierre, bro? <laughs> it's uh, my French bulldog. He is uh, he's doing well. He uh, he he loves all the people to come to the front. So what I did is I just left him outside on the because I have like a fence on the side of the house. Yeah. So then he just literally was there instead of being at the door because if he was at the door he'd knock all these kids down and start trying to kiss him on the face. <laughs> so, like trying to control him. I was like I'm just gonna let him outside. So then he was just like outside and then if people saw him they go over and pet him. Bro, does he miss Domino Park? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, right? Definitely, yeah, definitely. definitely. There's so many dogs. That yeah, was his so spot, many dogs. Man. That was his spot. Yeah, he had a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Um, that's awesome, Phil. I mean, uh, yeah. I can't. That's the, that's the stuff I'm like super pumped for, man. Like, it, I'm super excited. It's the best feeling in the world. Like, literally, it, it sound it sounds like oh yeah I don't know man I don't know man once you're there you would not take any money for the relationship you have with your child. Like, it, you have to experience it. It's like, oh, yeah, everybody would, you know, oh, it just sounds like you're saying that. No, bro. Like, anything. Like, nothing. I wouldn't trade anything for that. It's amazing. And then you just say, oh, well, how can I do more of it? But at the same time, it's like, we're all high performers. We're all going to want to do something of substance and value in business. So I think it's like, what I'm learning right now is like, and I'm looking up to a lot of people that, that I see do this. I'm learning, okay, how can we make more with less? Mm. How can I make the same money I used to make in 40 hours, but in 20? And then 10. Mm-hmm. And then how to double the income, but it's 10. And it just all goes back to just life optimization so I could spend more time with family, friends, son, because that's 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 where I'm at. Like you saw on the last podcast, the recalibration. Like this is where my life has recalibrated right now. Sure. And um it's fun. It's kind of like how you do full circle back to this podcast. Like how you do this podcast and you know, regardless of what happens, you're gonna keep doing it because you just love it. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing, like when you have children, like that's the highlight of your day. And yeah, you go to the gym, you'll go to work, you'll go to dinner, but like that's the highlight. And you're like, Okay, how can I have more of that yeah you know how can i not be answering my phone while i'm with him oh i have somebody taking care of this or doing this so this is you know so i'm on that journey but right now yeah i'm enjoying it man just pouring into him but he's that's the crazy part he's pouring into me Mm. more than i'm pouring into him i'm learning from him more than he's learning from me yeah we're learning how to be a child again 
So let me ask you this question. This is actually a question I wanted to ask to someone that was on the podcast recently. It's going to fucking brain farting on who it was. Um, fuck, who was it? I'm gonna, it's going to come to me at some point. Whoever the individual was on the podcast was talking about how being a father was such a mirror to them like just what you're saying right mm -hmm. like how he's pouring into you more than you're pouring into him i'm curious from your experience you're the only father at this table as of right now um do you feel like fatherhood is more of a mirror to you or being in a relationship is more of a mirror to you um very good question once again so you add it again <laughs> 51 51 51 it's um both are really both are really valuable different mirrors mm. so the i we when this is how i i view it when we're born we're a blank slate there's nothing so being the father mirror is bringing you back to that blank slate no conditioning no prior beliefs just doing something because of its joyous nature the mirror of a relationship is going back when you you have these conditions you have these beliefs and that relationship mirror is showing you where you either need to change or pivot on what you've been doing because you never had anybody mirroring that back to you before mm. so how, how do you how do you Basically, relationships make you pivot in your adult life uh, so that you can be optimized with another human being around your age. The fatherhood mirror is so that your inner child comes back. Mm -hmm. uh, both, I think I th it's a very interesting question because both can happen together and help each other. But like, there's just a, there's a really joyous... Um, the fatherhood mirror, it's really joyous. You don't have to think about it much. You'll never have the conversation with... you never be triggered by your child. Okay, so we can be triggered by a partner in that relationship mirror and realize, oh, shit, I need to change. I need to update. I got to do this. I got to do that. Or maybe you need to update. And But with that, you know, and maybe it'll trigger you in some sense. And then that speaks to, oh, I need to change. Why is that triggering me? I have a wound there. I need to change. But with your child, you'll never say, like, I'll never say to Luca, like, yo, Luca, like, you're triggering me. <laughs> like, that's, that's <laughs> not, that's not going to happen, you know? So it's like, it's so pure. They teach you without saying a single word. Yeah. And it, it, there is, there's no arguments. You're just, you're just learning. Well, you're approaching one year of fatherhood. Like, what is the thing that he taught you? Like, the one thing. Uh, Definitely just presence and just being super happy with nothing. Mm. Like, happy with nothing. Do you like, feel more present now? Yeah. I, I was definitely... I would say I was I was trying to do a pretty good job being present, but when I'm with him, yeah, it's, it's locked in. Like, yeah. it's locked in. It's kind of like once you know what bad food does to you, you, you don't want it again. Once you're with him and you realize how much of a joyous time it is, like you don't want really anything else and you want to catch that experience every single time, mm. you know, it's, it's, you don't want it to be fleeting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just being happy with nothing. I think we, 
I could sit in a room with him and have nothing there and just have the best time of my life. No vacation, no club, no car, no go, no this, no gonna, that. Did it, just did it change your perspective on like material things too? Absolutely. Right? For sure. It yeah. does. Um everything changes. Your thought patterns change. It's so wild, man. So I still care about the things I used to care about. Obviously, you know, I you know, we, we all want progression, we want achievement, we mm. want financial success, but now the reason why I want it is different. Yeah. It's not for me. And and people say it's you know, it's for my child, but even further context, when you want the best school, the best vitamins, the best organic blankets, the best hundred percent organic cotton clothing, like you want the best for the best doctors, um, the best organic food, the best drinks, the best this, like that stuff costs money. Mm-hmm. You know, it costs money to raise a child by those standards. So now it's like, that is my North Star. It's like, not only just to give to him, but to give him the best of these things. It's it's a real, that push is bigger than just, I want to hit a, you know, a million. I want to hit this, I want to hit mm-hmm. that. Like that push is, it's, it's huge. Um, and because I know I'm so happy with nothing and he's so happy with nothing, like, let me take it to that level where now you can be happy with this because you deserve it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be so curious in years in the future to ask you how you maintain that presence through the evolution and development of a child. Yeah. I feel like from a societal perspective, when they are so young, I can't say it's quote unquote easy to give them your presence because I'm not a father and that would be very arrogant for me to state but just from what I know it's like hey like they need your presence right now but like when three years old comes five years old comes seven years old comes and they start becoming their own person I'm gonna be really curious to ask how you maintain that presence like that's a question for the future for sure you know I heard uh, Patrick David say this actually recently he said there's three phases in every father-child relationship First, that you idolize mm. your father, mm-hmm. then you demonize your father, and then you humanize your father. Mm. So wow. you idolize in the beginning, then you hit that age of like maybe 13 to 20 years old, and it's like, he's not as cool as I thought he was, because now I have friends, I'm a big shot, I have, my friends are cool, you know? Um, and then hopefully that ends around 20, 25 years old. And then they start to humanize and they say, okay, well, dad just did the best he could, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he was, and he actually kicked ass for knowing what he knows. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, another thing too, is when you're, you'll see this, like when a child is obviously so tiny, they have no autonomy, like they can't do nothing by themselves. So like literally a parent is, you're all the way in. Yeah, their schedule is your schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there is no, like, oh, like, still do stuff for yourself. Yeah, you try as much as possible, but, like, now it's now it's a collaborative schedule. Once the kid starts becoming a little older, and sure. then, you know, sleepovers, mom, I want to do this. Oh, you're not cool anymore, this, that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to hang out with, with Billy's dad. Like, yeah, that's going to be interesting, too, but I got to yeah. ways till I get there. You brought up such an interesting point, and I don't think that I learned this until a few years ago, you know, just understanding that our parents are also human, 
for the longest mm. time. Dude, I don't know why I was so oblivious to it, but like <laughs> thinking that my parents, and it's crazy because this just dawned on me a few years ago. And dude, a few years ago, I'm 27, 28, 29, 30 years old. Like to think that I was still under the impression that my parents weren't necessarily quote unquote human. I'm not saying they were fucking ET phone home, but like I thought they had more or it figured out, you know? And giving them the empathy just to say like, hey, like, you know, getting to that last stage and realizing like, yo, you're doing the best you can and you're just trying to figure it out too. That's a fucking powerful place to get to, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. I think um, something you were talking about before is probably my biggest fear about fatherhood, which is trying to be as present as possible. Mm. So when they're babies and when they don't have any autonomy, you have no choice. It's kind of forced on you to be present. Exactly. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. You really need to be. Now they start, like you said, start getting a little older. I think that's where my fear comes in where, listen, I'm, I've put in 16 years already with my business. I hope that I'm not as crazy into it as I was when I was younger or even maybe how I am now by the time my kids are older. But I think there is a portion of me that's a little afraid because I know how I can be when it comes to business and certain things that I it's difficult to shut off when I get home mm-hmm. because I'm I'm like shit I have this email I have to answer I get my I have my to do list for the next day coming through I'm trying to figure out this I have a strategy position I'm trying to figure out or a problem I'm trying to solve it takes me a while to unwind a little bit yeah um, and even my wife said it to me the other day which is kind of like oh okay she was like you're gonna have a like kids around soon like you might have to snap out of it a little quicker when you get home. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about it like mm-hmm. that, but when she kind of put a mirror on it to it, she's like, I'm an adult. I get it. You know, like when you're still kind of rolling through the motions, but like once you step in that door, those kids are like, go. They're yeah. trying to give you everything about this, this, that. I did this at school. I did that at school. And I feel like you're not present while you're eating dinner because you're still thinking about a meeting you have for tomorrow or something you got to do. Like, could be an issue, you know, yeah. like for the kids, just not feeling you're that you're present or with them, you know? Sure. So I think that's like a fear for me. Um, which again, I hope isn't the case. And I hope it's something that the fact that I'm talking about it now on this podcast makes me aware of it mm-hmm. so that I can work on it so it won't be something. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely a fear for me about them when they get older. Because like you said, when they're when they're babies, man, like there's no choice. Like you got to watch them. You got to be with them. You got to understand what's going on. You got to be with them the whole time. And I yeah. think that's why I asked you before too, Phil, was like, did you feel more present once you had the baby? Because I feel like it's um, in a good way, it's kind of forced on you. You know, because it's like I have to be present now. Mm-hmm. I can't be letting my mind think about other stuff. Um, but when they get a little older is when I start to wonder, like, will I be as present? Will I have learned my lesson mm. from when they were a baby now where I come home and I'm present because that's what I'm accustomed to? Yeah. Or will I go back to old behavior patterns like we spoke about before? One thing I will, I will mention, too, is even being – even though right now it's kind of forced to be with the child when when you you know mm-hmm. the child is younger, you can like and not not meaning you like any person can still you know find themselves not with the child that much. I have work, I have this responsibility, I have that responsibility. So even now it's like it takes real intentionality mm. to to dedicate a lot of your schedule to the child in these early years of forming the brain. Like this. This is the most important time, in my opinion. This foundation, yeah. like this is when they're operating in their you know, unconscious brain up to about seven years old. They're just like a sponge. So still, I just try even right now. Like, you know, it's easy to say, oh, go to the babysitter. Go with this person. Go with that person. It's like as much as possible. I want my kid when I'm 15 to be like, 
hang out with my dad because my dad's fucking awesome. Mm. Yeah. You know? I love that. Boys, it's crazy to think. We've been running for almost two hours. It's our longest combo. I think this is our longest pod, but I think we need it to be this length, though. I think we need it to be this length. I mean... I mean, we could. We're gonna continue doing. We're gonna that, go to dinner, or do, and we're gonna continue this after. Probably. That's pretty yeah. fucking natural. To, uh, <laughs> Josh, what are we like? Ten minutes off, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it's we we fucking rolled for two hours, like no breaks, nothing. I mean, to Andrew's point, we we would be doing this anyways if there wasn't mics here. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we could do this for another two flow. Hundred yeah, yeah. percent. Do uh, you guys have any last words? I mean, we have to kind of finish with this, right? Do you know where I'm going? I. I don't. I have a question for him, but yeah. what do you got? Matt. What? How do you define success? Oh, Ooh. love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, man, that is, uh, is the million-dollar question. I mean, come on. I mean, I think that's exactly no, where you were going. No, I have a different question, but that's, like, that's the... Yeah. I think for a while, that. for a while, I was saying my response to how I define success was embracing the in-between meaning being at point a wanting to get to point z but not neglecting b to x or y whatever letter fucking comes before z i don't know um what is it why is it why i don't know (laughs) yeah i don't know my alphabet backwards but um i think that's how i was defining it and i think now i've transitioned out of that to just one word is like peace Right. Mm. It goes to what Phil said, like having peace of mind from a financial perspective, having peace of mind from a relationship perspective, having it from any bucket perspective, like health. Of course, yeah, are things going to get rattled? Absolutely. But I think this also goes back to a very powerful point that was shared on the podcast. And I think it was the same conversation I'm referring to about the whole mirror situation. But knowing where your center is is one of the most important things that you could do. Meaning, knowing where your center is from a dietary perspective so that when you go out and you enjoy weekend food, when you're watching football, know where to come back to center. When knowing where center is when it comes down to peace so that when shit does hit the fan, you know where to come home to. I think that's what I'm getting at. I think that's success is like knowing where center is. Mm. Am I there in all buckets i don't necessarily think so but i think that's a work in progress but that's i think that's how i would define it okay from you know right now is is knowing what center is knowing where to come home to you know and you feel like you have that right now i think in some ways i do i think i know where center is in some ways do i always come home to center no i'm a human being you know i'm going to be honest with you i definitely don't always come home to center and i will drift you know afar and float away and just learn lessons the hard way at times but um ultimately i I think there is a vision of knowing where center is and and getting closer to it yeah Yeah. i think that's perfect answer and i i speak for i think all three of us when i say again congratulations again on 300 i appreciate it guys what you're doing out and what you're putting out there into the world also is something again i think is important for you to understand and I think the three of us would definitely say that you're very successful and we wish you the very best and continued success. You're going to make Absolutely. me cry, bro. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, I, I really enjoy doing uh, Dude, I could say it over and over. Like These are one of the best parts of having a podcast. So it's, um, it's a pleasure to be able to rock with you guys, whether we do them once a month or once a quarter or however. You know, it's, um, 
These are the best, for real. It's because and of you guys. The thing I'll say is what you're doing is so much bigger than yourself. So that that's you know that already, but just keep tapping into that. I appreciate Not that. just for us, for mm. everybody who's listening, you know. Could be the thirteen year old Matt, mm. you know, exactly yeah. what you were going through. So it's it's more than just like a, a passion or money, it's a calling. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate it. Boys. I got a question for you before we wrap. Yeah. We're at three hundred right now. Um, this is a fill in the blank question. By episode five hundred, decoding success will be blank. And by episode five hundred, Matt Labrie will be blank. Holy shit. <laughs> Damn. Ah. Decoding success will be I'll manifest it, I'll put it out into the universe. We, we are globally ranked top 1%, right? That That is now. That's been that way for quite some time. I think decoding success, or I know decoding success by episode 500 will continuously be top 10 on the Apple charts. Like That is something that I think is meaningful to me because of the impact that comes from that, right? It's not the accolade, sure, that's sexy. I do want that. I'll be the first one to tell you I do want yeah. that. But at the same time, knowing that it's in top 10 of the education area or the self-improvement area, it goes to show how many people are being touched by the show. And I think that's the more meaningful aspect of it. Of course, like I said, the accolade's nice, but it's more so knowing that the message is getting across to more people. Matt Labrie by episode 500, bro. <sighs> He will have found his center. Mm. He will have found his center. Um, period. Nice. I think that's it. I Beautiful. think that's it. Nice. Well said, my man. Boys, thank you again for this opportunity. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, for everyone tuned in, thank you for joining us for episode 300, a truly incredible milestone. We wouldn't be here without the people that tune into the show as well. So, you know, thanking everyone for tuning in, for sharing their feedback, for letting us know what they like, what they don't like, what guests they love, what guests they don't love, everything in between. I mean, we don't necessarily do this for us. We, we, we do this for community and for what we're building. So I want to say thank you to everyone for being a part of it for the last 300 episodes and for the next 300 that are to come. A lot of awesome stuff, events, maybe even in-person pods, who knows what's to come. A lot of awesome stuff is to come, as mentioned. But until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.